I'm creator and host Kat Lively, and welcome to Calling Old Hollywood, the podcast where because of the future, the past will not be forgotten. For more updates, news, and information, visit callingoldhollywood.com. And don't forget to visit the YouTube channel where you can watch the podcasts and step back in time with me as I take you to classic Hollywood and historic locations. Without further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Calling Old Hollywood. I'm your host, Kat Lively, and my guest this week is Kevin Yeager. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing, doing really well. We, yeah, this weekend has been kind of a blast. We're over here at HorrorCon LA. Um, you, did you bring Chucky today? I did, yeah. Okay. He, he's right now down in a duffel bag. <laughs> we'll post some the, photos uh, yeah. later. Um, he's uh, quite tired. He's been yeah, the star he's, this his weekend. His head's also off right now. I, I put him <laughs> together in pieces, so he's, he's comfortably resting. Pretty wild. <laughs> Ready for the show. For the listeners, um, you, so obviously, you spe- you are like the special effects man. I well, mean, I what, what, what haven't you, I mean, Chucky, the Crypt Keeper, Hellraiser, like Face Off. You've done so much. You tell the tell the listeners a little bit more about how do you got into this? Well, you know, as a, a, just a fan of horror as a kid, uh, you know, my older brother and I used to build Aurora kits, which are these a, a company that made these little plastic model kits, and we'd build those and we'd animate our GI Joes. We'd you know stop motion animation. Uh, you know, back in the day, this is back in the 60s and 70s, and so we just grew up as horror fans. Love the werewolf and Frankenstein, all the classic, you know, monsters. We just were fans of. And then I got to a certain age, and, and the stop motion became painstaking. It takes three months to do a little film, you know, and then sometimes, you know, the lady at the at the lab will open your, you know, your all your exposure film and ruin it. And so I thought there's got to be a, a, a quicker way or in an easier way and a more rewarding way to do monsters and so I started getting into makeup and again my brother Jeff and I would uh, make each other up I'd make him up as a werewolf he'd make me up as an old man or vice versa and uh, just started doing it that way and then you know I got would take pictures and get instant results and we'd go scare the kids around the neighborhood there's a story story my brother went out as a werewolf one time and he went down to the, this creek that was in the back of our house and there was kids walking along the creek and they were telling stories of a creek monster. It was perfect timing. Oh my and gosh. Jeff was hiding behind a tree and he jumped out, scared the kids. They ran home, called the cops. They're at our door pounding. My brother's up in the <laughs> shower t- tearing off his makeup. Oh. He comes down and he's like, he's, got, he's like from a rock concert. He's still got the mascara all around his eyes because werewolf has dark said in eyes anyway so uh, it was quite funny so we just grew up doing stuff like that and then it segued into a bigger interest and I when I was in high school I started doing plays you know Alice in Wonderland all the characters on that it was acting and also uh, doing the doing the creatures and and stuff and then I ended up just getting hooked I did a did an old age makeup on myself I went to visit my my acting uh, you know, uh, teacher from high school. Uh, he was doing the summer, uh, the uh, fall play, mm-hmm. and showed him this makeup. And then we, I was able to fool somebody, one of the students, really fool her. And I thought, this is magic. I mean, to make yourself up to look like something that you're not, yeah. and then suddenly assume an entirely different identity. Yeah, you know? and, and it's like you know, I also did this TV show about 10 or 15 years ago called Extreme Fakeovers, Fakeovers, where we would dress up somebody like you to fool a friend. Yeah. And and it was just thrilling. And at the last episode, I fooled my wife, who knew I was on oh the show. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I thought, how am I going to do this? And I ended up shaving my head. Again, another <laughs> old, age, old age man on my old age makeup. And I fooled her. And it was, again, you're like invisible. You have this costume on. I'm looking at my wife. She can see my eyes. I've got contact lenses in. 
then she has no idea it's me. And it was oh it's just really empowering. And so yeah. that's what hooked me. And of course, films like, you know, gosh, you know, Dick Smith's Exorcist, you know, that's probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite, if not my favorite horror films. Um, yeah. uh, Planet of the Apes, the original with, you know. Um, oh, yeah. yeah uh, Have you seen Hanging with Dr. Z? No. Okay. Is that the way, I'm Dr. Gonna, Zayas? I'm going to have to okay. tell you. Okay. Um, Dana, Dana Gould's a friend. He, oh, yeah. So what he does, we'll talk more about it off, but he okay. has an online, like a YouTube show where he is dressed as Dr. Z. Wow. Full Planet of the Apes oh, of attire. Course. Yeah. I know this and because Andy, Andy Schoenberg does the makeup. Okay. Him, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's just this like crazy. It's yeah. this cool 70s vibe, yes. nostalgic. Thing. I and love he looks it. amazing. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It's real. Yeah. The makeup it artist Andy Schoenberg, good. who I've known for years, I believe designed that and build those builds those parts for Dana. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's I've a, seen it's that. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, but back to back and, and to. And he does the, a whole routine. He does a he whole, does every oh, wow. whole thing. Cool. Love Dana. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's God like like you're saying the whole identity. Uh, yeah. it's um. But those are, those are the films people. that really kind of when I saw the the original Planet Planet of the Apes with Charlton okay. Heston, and I saw those, I saw apes on horseback coming through a cornfield and and that. Yes. That, that music. Yes. It just, I mean, to, even to this day, it sends, you know, chills up my spine. I just, and that's why I went, I've got to do this. I, I mean, that, that's makeup. I mean, as a kid, you know, six years old or seven years old when it came out. Right. But that's what hooked me. And then, again, these little experiences along the way. And then I realized that um, I think I can make a living at this. So I sent my, some of my work to Dick Smith in New York, and he had just gotten back from doing... Um, uh, uh, Amadeus and mm-hmm. he was up for an Academy Award that year later that year and so he said listen you can't be in Ohio and do this unless you want to work at a local theater you have to be either in New York right. like I am he said or in, L- in Los Angeles and I said I, I think I've talked my mother into helping me move out there so took some money from, my parents got divorced and so she took some money from the divorce and we moved to California and then I got a job working for a makeup artist named uh, Greg Canham and uh, he ended up, you know, giving me work, and we and we started working on Thriller, yeah, which was run by Rick Baker, another famous makeup artist, and and that's how I got started. And then later, my first show on my own was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. What was that like, like the whole Thriller experience? Oh my God, I, I was I, I was a huge Michael Jackson Jackson fan, so. At one point, Rick said, "Hey, I heard rumors." And you're like that this young kid, and you're working on a Michael Jackson. Yeah, I'm 21. I, mean, yeah. I just turned 21. Yeah. So I was like, and I'm I'm standing in front of Michael. Right. And then I'm I'm working with Rick Baker, you know, and he's like my idol as you know, as far mm-hmm. as you know, when I was a young kid. And so it was just a dream come true. It was it was one of those things you just you feel out of body experience the whole thing. Right. I, so I used to walk by Michael's trailer, <laughs> look in, and he'd be watching cartoons. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Watching cartoons. Uh, with a couple of young kids, like they, 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 he was really. I know there's a whole thing going on with the, you know the, the movie that came out about him, but mm-hmm. and I don't know anything about that because he always seemed like a nice guy to me. But he was just he was he's like a child. He's definitely Arrested Development. So he they were yeah. giggling watching, you know, and they, the curtains were open. Everything was you know cool as far as that goes. But I was right. just obsessed with him. And then there's another story where I got to be in in the th- in Thriller. And at one point, Michael is we're all surrounding him in a big circle, and I'm one of the zombies surrounding him. And when John Landis, the director, called cut, everybody kind of went dispersed and went their, their way. And it was just Michael and I standing there about 10, 15 feet from each other. And I was, again, mesmerized by his just being in his presence. presence. Yeah. And I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And I'm going, oh, my God. He, he sees me. You know, Michael Jackson's yeah. looking at me. We're having a moment. And then I realized he's, spook, he's spooked out. 
He's mm-hmm. like creeped out by this because I didn't realize I forgot I was in this horrible oh looking gosh. zombie makeup. Yes. Yeah. So I'm staring at him and he kept looking back He's and I just... went, oh my God, I'm scaring the crap out of him. <laughs> so anyway, but that was just a, a thrill, no pun intended, but that was just absolutely yeah. uh, one of the most memorable times of my life. That's incredible. What, what a privilege, you know, and at that age, like we're talking about. So where did so the next project after that? What was it? What, uh, how we, did we started all this... working on um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, and, yes. I, and I and Greg Canham again, who was in charge of that show, he was kind of torn between a couple of projects, and the producers got a little kind of fed up basically with his busy schedule, so they decided to to let him go, and and uh, they were going to bring in Tom Savini. Mm-hmm. So I asked Greg. I said, "Listen, if you got nothing else going on, because I was really his employee, employee, I said, is it okay if I stay on? I mean, I was going to do the Jason application and." I was involved with painting all the pieces um, for that. And he said, yeah, absolutely. He said, you know, I've got nothing going on. Just go ahead and, and, you know, carry on. So then when Tom Savini came in, he said he wanted to know what's going on, what's happened so far, what, what, you know, where am I taking, where, where am I taking over, at what point. And he saw what we were doing. Jim Cagle did a, you know, fantastic sculpture of Jason. And he said, why don't you guys just continue? He didn't come in and kind of take it over. He could have, but he didn't. Right. And he allowed me to apply. So I got to apply the makeup to Ted White. For the whole, you know, the whole movie, and then also do a ball cap on uh, uh, Corey Feldman, you know, and, and all that stuff. So I had fun, and we and I participated in a lot of the kills. I uh, also built a lot of the puppet stuff with the, the rest of our crew. Yeah. Met Alec Gillis, who who uh, is a makeup artist uh, who runs a company called ADI, mm-hmm. and now Studio Gillis. But um, so yeah, it was. I just met a bunch of friends, and and that was the next thing we did. And then then I took a little hiatus and started doing my own thing just sculptures and trying to improve my portfolio. Greg called us back in to do a Cocoon, mm-hmm. a Ron Howard film. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I worked on that. And then uh, after that, I, I just decided I really wanted to go out on my own. And so I had this uh, manager friend who was also managing my brother, who was an actor. And he said he got me in to see Steven Spielberg. He got me in to see all these people. And one of the people that he got me in to see was Jack Shoulder, the director of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And Joel Swisson, Swisson, the uh, producer, and I went in to see them, and I brought my portfolio, and just kind of Jack and I hit it off, and uh, he offered me the part uh, of the, the, the effects part to do was Freddy and Freddy's effects, all the things to do with Freddy. So, and again, I'm th- I'm probably 22 yeah. at that time, 22 years old. Not snowball. Yeah, just yeah. it's like one of those things that everything you, you know, by the way, the luck it does end at one point for you, but yes. it just seems like you. You, everything you touch turns to gold. You're just on this amazing, you know, wave in the ocean, mm-hmm. and you can't. It's the best ride you've ever had, and you're like, when's it going to stop? And eventually, it slows down. Eventually, um, you yeah. know, things change, and your luck doesn't. You know, you have bad times as well as good. But for five or six years, it was just unbelievable Non-stop. to me. Yeah, it was a dream come true. That's amazing. When you set out to do all of this, were you? Did you have like a precise direction for horror, or was it something like? Did you? Did you? think maybe this might be more diverse or was it just towards horror no i i've got i i mean i don't want to say stuck because it was a, it's a yeah. i look at it as a blessing I've, I've been able to be involved with five or six horror icons you know, I, that's what i'm saying Freddy. as we're sitting here we're yeah. looking at the prints yeah. and I'm like these aren't any like these aren't like b these are you know yeah icons. yeah i mean you know yeah. i mean chucky it's pretty freddie exactly. jason uh and i directed pinhead and and, and yeah. hellraiser 4 uh, Tiffany, you know, also was a, a you know another one, and then the Absolutely. Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt was another uh, television yeah. horror icon. Yes. So I didn't, you know, set out to be a horror guy. I love scary films. That yeah. it, you know, it's part of it. And Dick Smith's Exorcist again was so 
it felt real, real horror, like it really could happen. I, yeah. I grew up with a in, a, in a, the Bible Belt and, you know, went to church every three times a week, you know, so. I get you know, this it. I lived about, in Alabama for six years. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> so, so things with the, having to do with the devil or possession was, felt real to me. So that, that yeah. movie really that very much, you know, it scared me as a kid. But I, I love horror Same. films, but I also loved realistic makeups, you know, doing realistic, you know, bodies and things like that, or, or uh, old age makeup I absolutely love. Yeah. Uh, I got to do uh, recently, last couple of years, uh, Bill and Ted's Face the Music. I worked on mm -hmm. all three of them, and I got to do part three, uh, Face the Music, and I, uh, on that show I was able to make Keanu Reeves and, and Alex Winter into 90-year-old men. And yes. that was, once again, I love that stuff. And then That's I got awesome. to put them into big muscle suits and muscle makeups. That's right, and you did Weird Al, too, the yes. video. Bad. Yeah. 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 So I enjoy, I enjoy the humor part, too. Not right. just Not just horror, but just makeup in general. You know, aging people, giving them weight, uh, character makeups, things like that. And so it's not just horror, it's just that horror, it was so, especially in, in the early 80s, you know, and, and throughout the 80s and 90s, and still to this day, horror just keeps, it just touches people, reaches people. They just love to be scared. It's a safe way to mm -hmm. be scared without actually, you know, being in danger. Yeah. So you can, you can be... It's like the exploration of human emotions, yeah. how far we can take it with being safe and comfortable on a sofa or in yeah. a theater with popcorn. Yeah, it's even yeah. safer than a dream because in a, in a nightmare, yeah. you really think it's real and you think you're going through yep. an actual experience and you wake up kind of, you can wake up sweating and sit up in bed. I've done it a thousand. A lot of times yeah. my nightmares are about paying bills and things. Not, <laughs> you know, the real things like, terror. Yeah, yeah. Things like I house payments and stuff. But um Things love. breaking around, but well, but yeah. you know, but anyway, that's that's and that's why I think people just love horror because they get to, like you said, they get to go through that adrenaline emotion right. without actually really being in danger. Yeah. And so at the end, they as long as you don't see it when you're too young, I run into a like lot I of people. Like I did. Yeah. yeah. I, you did? I, yeah. Sitting here, I mean, even with Chucky, specifically Chucky. <laughs> oh, no, I, they, sorry. Thank you for uh, my nightmares. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> um, you know, that was like. Obviously now it's different. I mean, I've got, I've seen every single child's play just so many times. And growing up, I mean, I've, yeah, absolutely. That was terrifying. How old were you I, when you oh saw? Oh my God. I was probably eight, oh maybe God. seven. See, I, th I think yeah. that's too young. And, it is. I've met people, <laughs> look, the first you know, scary movie I saw was probably around that time too. Yeah. And that hooked me into getting into this. So right. it's hard to say, you know, because every, I've had stories of kids come up and go, uh, listen, I had to go to a psychiatrist yeah. when I was 10 because when I was six, I saw Chucky because my, my babysitter let me see it. <laughs> so I think there's a, there's, you have to be careful because you can't Definitely. mess up kids, you know, and they see things they shouldn't be seeing. I mean, yeah. you know, seeing somebody have a, the, one of the worst things are just seeing a throat cut. I mean, with a mm -hmm. knife, you know, people have done, I mean, I can't, there's, it's countless amount of yeah. times that, you know, uh, characters have been killed on film by slitting throats and there's something visceral and it's over. I mean, you yeah, cut that head lot. off and yeah. it's, you know, it's done. So that's really frightening. There's a lot of horror stories about kids that, you know, can't get over the Have images. experienced yeah. that. Yeah. So we have to be careful, but. Speaking of Chucky, yes. how did, so you had, when you, when, when, when this was placed in your lap, you had, was it like a few months to create Chucky? I had about, I, I, I call about 12 to 16 weeks, about three to four months mm -hmm. to, from, you know, you know, conception of drawings and things like that, moving into the sculptures, that's early stages of development of the, of the look. All starts with clay, usually now it's, you can do stuff on computer, but that back then it was all clay and sketches and pencil sketches. And then moving in, so I had about three to four months, I think the actual build time was about 12 weeks, about three months to actually build them when we started to, to go forth for that. What so, was your initial reaction to the concept of this killer doll? 
I loved it. The, yeah. The first, the first. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of you know. Karen Black did this uh, thing called the Trilogy of Terror. Oh my gosh, yeah. With that, a little voodoo doll that comes terrifying. to life. Yeah. I saw that as a kid too. Yes, yeah. That thing was yeah. <laughs> and that's that's an old thing. It's an old series, but it's a, it was it. a trilogy, and she I think she's in all three. But this mm-hmm. one, you is this little terror doll. She's not supposed to knock the necklace <laughs> off. She accidentally does. Yeah. Comes to life and it runs around. And that was very Chucky, very very Chucky like. And that influenced yes. Don Mancini a lot when he did you know when he wrote the script. The, the initial script. Right. I think he was at USC or UCLA Film School uh, when he wrote it, and he brought the script to David Kirshner, and then David, I think, brought in John Lafia, and he did a rewrite on it. So that's, I got one of those drafts early on, and I, I just loved it. And there's also a tw- uh, speaking about things that influenced Don and myself. Uh, Talking Tina episode. It was called. Talking oh, Twilight, to- Twilight Zone. With, yeah, yeah, with, of course. With, yeah, Tully Savalas. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And that was uh, that. You know, that was a character. She never really moves. You never see her. She changes location, but she yep. never. I don't know if she turns her head or anything like that. It I think she does. Maybe animates I think a little so. bit. So yeah. it's things like that. that at the that, end, I think Yeah, she does and then of course it. there was cabbage, cabbage Patch dolls at the right. time. There was a doll that we kind of based Chucky on. It was called Corky, and mm-hmm. he had, had a sister named Cricket. And they were animatronic to a point. And they had little tapes in the back, and they would they had interaction. So if, if you moved, it would sense mo- movement, and then it would you know activate and yes. talk and things. And it had it had moving eyes and a move. Not little creepy moving at mat. all. No, yeah. Not at all. <laughs> um, in fact, there's a funny story about the kid that actually does the voice for that doll. The producers, I think David Kirshner, went to the company and said, "Who's this person that, that we love his voice?" And somehow they, they gave her the voice. And next thing you know. We got that kid to do the voice for the Chucky doll when it's the when it's the toy. Ended up a terrible thing for the toy company because the mothers after the movie came out began to bring back Corky back to the stores and oh. say we want our money back. I can't have this in the house. It's yeah. scaring the crap out of me. And um, it, it, they actually had to take it off the market. So we found that out in part two. Well, <laughs> uh, that they we kind of ruined that uh, that franchise. Poor Corky. Yeah, poor Corky. Well, you I know. I think you could still find them someplace online oh if you're interested. Scouring eBay. But yeah, so so then we just started meeting. You know, David Kirshner had some ideas. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't get to talk to Don Mancini too much on the first one. Tom Holland took over and he rewrote his draft. He brought in all the voodoo stuff. That wasn't a part of the first. Ate due Dumbala. The first yeah. one was about a, a guy that was being uh, executed in a prison next door to a toy factory. And the guy's putting together all the names on all the dolls, punched in Charles Lee Ray, the guy that's going to get executed next door. Huge lightning storm happens. Yep. And the energy, when it hits the lightning, a lightning bolt hits the prison, and it transfers this soul over into this thing. Just as they're, oh, it was called Blood Buddy. Yeah. The original Chucky. Blood so Buddy. they were injected. It was the only doll on the market that would bleed. So if you cut, they had little band-aids for it. It was oh an interesting concept, wow. a little dark for kids. Yeah. But, so he and they would inject the they were injecting the doll with the blood, you know, whatever that was, wow. serum into the doll just as this guy is executed, and the soul goes into it. I kind of like that concept. The voodoo thing was, you know, to me more you know, obvious or something, and this was a little bit. It was kind of interesting in it. Anyway, either way, the soul of some bad guy got into Chucky, and yeah. that's how he was created. But when we first started doing the doll, you know, this one over here, the. Or is it the uh, the, the doll? Yeah, yeah the, yes. on, the le- on the left there. Um, picture of me uh, with uh, holding the original Chucky, uh, like a good guy doll. Yes. Um, that was like, so yeah, so we it was like working at Mattel again. We had you know, uh, you know, famous uh, production designer John John McCure, I think is yeah John mm-hmm. McCure. He's uh, long gone now, but he 
you know, he was he had worked on a, a, a Cleopatra back in the 30s and 40s, so with Elizabeth Taylor. So we had this mm. really famous guy helping us, and then and so, but I'd come. I remember bringing my sculpture to the table, you know, to show them my my you know we pose it next to Corky. Yeah. And Corky had all his hair and his flesh and his color and his you know cute little freckles and all that stuff, and next to a green clay model who at the time had pink dental acrylic pink eyes just they were we used them as orbs yeah. to hold the shape of an eyeball the way we sculpted so it was it's a rigid, creepier yeah. yeah it was really creepy yeah so i couldn't convince them that the might that chucky was cuter he had dimples he was so much cuter i could see it in the form mm -hmm. they couldn't see it so right i went back finally at the last meeting i was so frustrated i went back and i took my quirky doll that i had and i pulled out all the hair mm -hmm. and i took out his eyes and i replaced him with pink orbs just like my sculpture had for Chucky, yes. and I painted it green clay color. Mm -hmm. and I brought the two in, they set them next to each other, and they finally went, okay, now we see it. You know, because then when they were just looking at basically like a, it's like a color film next to a black and white, they finally were able to, to look at it and say, okay, we see them in comparison, and we, we now agree that Chucky's cuter. So, because we had to start him so cute, and then eventually turn him into a hideous, looking Brad Dourif slash yes. looking, you know. Let me get all the way to Bride and it's over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's intense. What is your favorite Child's Play film uh, of all? I, I'm, I'm, I'm partial to the first one because I met my wife. I was going <laughs> to, yes. On yes. it, Catherine Hicks. And, so and the story, how, how does this go? I, I want to hear this. Well, she's engaged mm -hmm. and had been engaged for four years to, to somebody else. Yeah. And I was living with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So we weren't necessarily looking to cheat or do anything, you know, or looking for anybody. But there was a, a mutual attraction and we were just flirting, you know, we were flirting, you know, harmless flirting, really. It's starting like, you know, she would, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, she would wink at me or whatever. I would smile at her, you know, and then, you know, and I started realizing I was attracted and she was attracted, but we just, we played around in circles. We didn't, I didn't want to make a move. I, I didn't want to cheat on my current girlfriend, so I didn't cheat. But at the very end, of, this, of the film, there was so much of that going on. She walked up at, at the rap party and she said, um, was there ever a moment between the two of us, do we ever like like each other? Because she wanted to say it. And by saying it out loud, I, the only reaction I could do was take her hand, I pulled her around behind a scrim so no one could see and I laid a kiss on her. Okay, so that was so the cheat sweet. that I did do. Yeah. Now I talked, we immediately started talking what, what just happened, um, okay, you know, Let's talk in a, in a, in a while. So she, we, we talked about three or four weeks later. I say, I want to see you, but, you know, and so it took a couple of months for us to basically break it off with our, you know, other our, our boyfriends and girlfriend, girl, boyfriend, girlfriend, mm -hmm. and, and uh, her, in her case for her fiance. And then we started seeing each other. So we really were, we did it cleanly and, and nicely. Um, but that's how, that's how we met, fell in love, and then ended up dating. And then about a year later, I proposed. And then a year after that, we got married. And then the couple years after that we had our child our so something child. good out came out of this yeah. murderous or, or, yeah, I know. kill yeah, yeah. <laughs> and chucky bought my home yeah you know i live in bel-air and it's like i go hey i live in bel-air because of chucky I, you know i i, I got married it. to Catherine. i have my beautiful daughter who's a gorgeous wonderful human being and uh, all because of chucky so i do have that first film and that whole first experience is, uh, is dear, pretty special. near and dear to my heart yeah but, but i gotta tell you the funnest part really was bride of chucky mm -hmm. part three i wasn't around very much i was work i was directing and was doing the crypt keeper and that was taking off i was doing episodes of tales from the crypt that i was directing so i kind of stepped away at three two i was a part of but then three i started working away i wasn't i came to set maybe 
two or three weeks of the whole movie shoot. So I kind of turned it over to my puppeteers. And then I came back on four. I said, you know, I didn't like the way that turned out. I feel like I was was missing an element that, that I was hoping would be was me. <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to really dedicate myself. And we have a new character, which was Tiffany. Yes. And she, you know, uh, was it a challenge uh, being a, making a female Chucky, basically. Yeah, how more was feminine. that? It was, I, I started out by looking at Chucky's face and taking all the, anything masculine about him. I don't know how a yeah. doll would have masculinity, <laughs> but you know, taking anything that would look rough about him, basically, and softening it, you know, and then making you know, you know, the lips bigger and, you know, the eyes bigger and the lips bigger and maybe the nose a little smaller than Chucky's and just kind of making it more petite and, and then, of course, developing body parts. Yes. <laughs> you know, Tiffany's got very famous cleavage in, in her in her wedding gown uh, dress and her leather Tiffany's jacket Tiffany's a badass. Boots. Yeah, yeah, badass. And uh, so, so it kind of came from there, you know, just working on, uh, you know, sitting on the computer and taking Chucky and going over with, you know, Photoshop and changes and changes and then sending those off to, the you know, the producers and send them off to, you know, to, the, you know, Don Mancini and, and uh, then Ronnie Yu, who's the director, and David Kirshner, uh, the producer, and, and, and then getting their feedback and then uh, continuing. They loved what I was giving them, so not, not a whole lot changed. But, uh, but I, what I loved about it was there were two characters. It's like, but Chucky is always talking to somebody, you mm-hmm. know, and it's hard to, I think, for an actor to act with a doll, even an animatronic doll, to go back and forth in conversation. It's a little difficult, but, but with two, we had more control and they just had quiet moments. There's a scene in the van where they're looking, contemplating their lives together and being in love. Yep, yep. And they have their heads back, they're looking at the stars through the front windshield of the, of the, right. of the thing. Or there, there's a lovemaking scene yeah, where he proposes the most to her. Awkward scene. <laughs> yeah, of it. Doesn't so he take weird. like a ring off a dead woman's finger yes, or something? He does. Yeah. A, a, mari- a, a newlywed yeah. couple. He <laughs> takes the ring off, and we couldn't get it on one of Tiffany's fingers. They were too right. tiny, so we slid it onto her thumb. It was a last-minute thing, but you know what? People didn't mind, and it seemed to work. But that's the great thing about Chucky is yeah. there's like this horror, but there's the comedy. It works. It yeah. just works. Yeah. So it's um, amazing. And, and so yeah, that, that so for me that was. Uh, the most enjoyable and then Don was there every day you know filming you know he took over the series basically as a director he write, writes all of them anyway but he just be, and now he's got the show running he's got the Chucky series on which I'm not involved with but I almost was involved with but not didn't didn't work out um, but uh, timing wise and, and you know um, some technical technical difficulties but but uh, they're doing they're having a great they just, they're opening their second seasons coming in the next couple months or something or maybe yeah. next month I don't know even this month, I don't know when it releases. But. Sometime soon. So it's, it's, he's still he's still alive, you know. He's still been making seven films now. Yeah. Uh, and, and a TV series, so it's kind of Freddy did the same thing. There was there's been seven or eight Freddies, and there was I worked on the, the first the TV series, Freddy's Nightmares, you know. Mm-hmm. So that it sort of takes that that toll. I don't know if it'll ever die. Hopefully, it'll never die. I hope not. <laughs> I mean, he's going strong. Yeah. For a doll, he's kind of yeah. he's kicking. And now we've got. Tiffany, and then we've got Glenn or Glenda. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Jennifer Tilly plays Tiffany, which is excellent. Yeah, I her, mean, she's got such a great voice. I mean, yeah. And, and Brad Dourif too. They they bring so much character to to the parts. I mean, I feel Agreed. like you know the doll does that too, but the look and the how he he acts, you know. Yeah. And on, the, on part four, and Brad of Chucky, I, I mean, I I've always done this where I, I act for Chucky, so mm-hmm. I'll act being having acting, you know, some acting experience. I was able to then act with the director and then translate that into 14 puppeteers. So I had to tell them, it wasn't just about moving arms left and right, it was about 
we'd rehearse for three or four weeks, and I'd get the, the arm guys to coordinate with each other, so that so they got so well versed with every, what everybody else did. In fact, I even moved by guys' positions. If you were working the left arm, I made you do the eyes one time. So everybody learned what how difficult it was, and also what it took to move those parts. Right. And so, and then they came back together, went back to their original uh, instruments. You know, you know, the guys doing the arm again. He goes back to his arm. But they begin to think on their own. So they begin to think as one unit. And that was tough to do. And it's really important. I think that's, I do think that's the difference between the Chucky now, because I don't think they get the time to rehearse CGI on the TV. Too. Yeah, and yeah. they don't get a chance. And they do, do a lot of Rod Puppet stuff. And they're on a harsher schedule. And, you know, I don't believe they, they get the three weeks rehearsal time like I got. Right. And I don't know if, if there's an acting coach. I basically am Chucky's acting coach, but also I act as Chucky too sometimes. Yeah. Because you have to have that one person figuring out what he's got to do and then translate that and tell, try to tell three facial puppeteers right. how do you, and the same thing with a crypt keeper, how, how do you, how do you move, you know, you don't just blink the eyes, you're thinking and so I'd act it out for I them. I mean, it's, it's methodical, yeah. a lot more goes into it, especially since it is a doll yeah. I mean, you're, re- you're having to channel that, not just you, it's like you, but as as, as an inanimate object yeah. that's got character and personality and uh, there, yeah. there, was, there was universal, there's a universal tower where all the executives are at, it's a big black tower right at Universal Studios, and all the top people are there, and I got a word down after Bride came out, Bride of Chucky came out, that they said that they, who's this guy that made this thing, these puppets live, he said, you feel like there were two actors sitting there talking back, again, a lot of that comes from the voices yeah. of, of, of Tilly and, and Dourif, but they're actually turning, they're interacting, he said, we were we got forgot we were looking at fake puppets, right. we thought we were looking at people, and that was the biggest compliment to me, That's if I can get that, amazing. I always go to set, and I think if I can turn the crew on or scare the crew or get the crew to go wild, then the audience is going to be there already. Yeah. You know? So I, that's my biggest goal is to, if you can look at something and look at it. It's a good inclination. Yeah. Definitely. So you don't just think, a lot of people think, well, if it, if it, if it looks good now, it'll look good. And we don't pay too much attention. It'll be fine on screen, but I try to turn the crew on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's brilliant. We have to wrap up okay. soon, but do you want to touch on, before we do, uh, the Crypt Keeper or Freddy? Sure. Or I mean, you know, anything I, I think else? I talked a little bit about yeah. Freddy but, and, and the Crypt Keeper, but uh, I, I think the Crypt Keeper was my favorite character only because I was able to you know, draw him, sculpt him, um, you know, create him, mechanize him, it's and terrifying. then build the puppet parts like they did with, with Chucky, and yeah. then go to set. And I wasn't supposed to first direct him. Mm-hmm. Dick Donner, he did the original Superman. And then Bob Zemeckis, uh, you know, we did, you know, Castaway, you know, and all these other films. Um, they were producers, and they, and they were supposed to take over. And then eventually I was going to take over. And one dropped out, then Bob went off and did um, Back to the Future 2 and 3, and then Dick didn't want to do it. And I think they were a little frightened of directing a puppet. Mm-hmm. So they said, you'll be fine. And they let me do it. And I was like, okay, sink or swim. And I started directing those, and that got me into directing. So it really t- changed my the direction of my career mm-hmm. doing him. And he's such a fun character. He's such a punster, you know, Spook. terrible puns, but also fun puns. You know, he's like, you know. He, the opening of the the opening sequence of the show as a child. Every time it came on, I I, I had to like cover my. Eye. I was so terrified. <laughs> I would watch it though. I loved it. I was into it. But Did it you was sneak away me. when your parents thought you were in? Oh like, yeah. In the TV yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, Tales from the Crypt's yeah. on. And like, then it got a little. You know, they brought in a couple of new producers that 
started changing it. It got more popular because they started, you know, a little bit more risque things going on, you mm-hmm. know. And that became even so tougher good, for though. parents to kind of keep the kids from seeing, yeah, you know, not just horror, but, you know, some, some nudity else. and yeah. everything else that, was, that came in. But uh, it went for seven years. It was so a nice, good. Uh, nice little run. It's so memorable, yeah. you know. Um, so it, if there's any, like, aspiring special effects or anyone trying to get into showbiz or anything like that uh, who are listening, what advice do you give to them? Well, first of all, I mean, if you really want to do it, obviously this may be cliche, but just never, ever, ever give up. I mean, you know, if and, and then listen to people, you know, show your work to other people. And if they say, well, not so good, you know, really think about it. Because it, it does take a lot of time and work, and you don't want to be kidding yourself if you're not good. You know, I mean, but you if you think you have something, and people have said, man, you've got something here, just keep at it, you know. And, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's schools to go to in L.A., cinema makeup uh, school, uh, is a great one, and you meet friends, lifelong friends. You meet people in the business. I just somebody just came up to you know, here at the at my table, and she had just graduated. And I said, "See how that school led to a, an introduction to me." You know that I, you know, one of the teachers there, Mike Spatola, was you know, uh, you know, she mentioned him, and you know, he used to work on Tales, actually, funny enough, and with me, and so. It just conver- it starts conversation. So just it, there's education to, to learn. Practice, practice, practice. Keep keep going. Don't, you know, don't just sit and be lazy in the summer. You know, just keep working at it. You know, you're Absolutely. you're doing it with this podcast and everything you're doing. Just keep working every weekend. Yeah. You know, I mean, have a have a life. But at the same time, that's all I did. I just worked my butt off seven that's, days. You know. There's no way around yeah, it. Work, I mean, work, work, work. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Nothing comes easy. There's no you know? shortcuts. And don't get discouraged. And don't talk yeah. yourself down. So take take criticism. Show it to people. If they say, "Ah, it's not very good," and then go back and, and keep at it. You know, just keep keep you know chipping away. And uh, and if you never give up, you, I, I swear you you'll you'll make you're it. Gonna you'll, yeah, you'll get somewhere. Yeah. Definitely. So, shoot for was it a friend of mine used to say? We say, shoot for the. I don't know. Moon? <laughs> Shoot for the moon, land on the stars yeah, or something. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Um, really appreciate it. Perfectly timed with oh, Halloween. Good. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And do you have uh, social media, anything? Where can people find uh, you? You can find me at, uh, I'm on, I'm on uh, Facebook, of course, at, you know, Kevin Yeager Productions. Um, or just look up Kevin Yeager, you'll find me. And then uh, Instagram, I'm uh, Yeager, Y A G H E R, and then the letters F X, Yeager FX. Uh, on Instagram, and you can follow me there. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you so awesome. much. You're welcome. Appreciate Thank you for it. having me.